This week's episodes are sponsored by Moneybag Mentality. Three designers, one goal, providing drip worldwide. Moneybagmentality.com or Instagram.com slash money underscore bag underscore mentality. Now to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sports Desk. I know this is a bit unorthodox. I usually don't do two episodes in one week, and this is not going to be a full episode. Uh, because of that reason, it's not only going to be on Patreon, it'll also be on our free servers, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. Um, breaking news, I just want to follow up with this because I did this episode the other day. The SEC officially extends memberships to Texas and Oklahoma in 2025 with presidents unanimously approving the Big 12 powers. Uh, this news just broke about four minutes before I actually set up the mic and everything to actually record this. <clears throat> Excuse me. The next step in the controversial process that has gripped the college football world for more than a week is complete. The SEC announced Thursday that it has extended an invitation for Texas and Oklahoma to join the conference following a unanimous 14-0 vote by the conference uh, conference's presidents. The Longhorns and Sooners will be eligible to join the SEC as of July 1st of 2025. Uh, number one, I'm... I'm not shocked that this happened, but I'm shocked that it was 14-0 unanimous. Texas A&M was very open about the fact that they wanted to be the one Lone Star State team in the SEC. And when the news broke that Texas and OU could possibly leave the Big 12 last week, the comment from Texas A&M was they did not want this. And for some reason, they actually voted first. Today's unanimous vote is both a testament to the SEC's longstanding spirit of unity and mutual cooperation, as well as a recognition of the outstanding legacies of academic and athletic excellence established by the universities of Oklahoma and Texas, said SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey. I greatly appreciate the collective efforts of our presidents and chancellors in considering and acting upon each school's membership interests. A two-thirds vote, which would have been 11 of 14 in the affirmative, is required for the SEC to accept new members. Even Texas A&M, which immediately took a defensive stance to another Lone Star State team joining the league, voted to accept UT and OU. Texas and Oklahoma are expected to accept the SEC's invitation to join the league ahead of the 2025-26 college football season. Thursday's news comes two days after the schools formally submitted applications to become members of the conference. They officially announced that they will not extend their Big 12 grant of right deals, which allows conferences to sell television rights to networks when it expires in 2025. The move has set off a wild series of events this week, including Wednesday when it was learned that the Big 12 had sent a cease and desist order to ESPN. That's right. They sent it to the House of the Mouse. If you did not know, ESPN is owned by the Walt Disney Corporation. Uh, they sent ES, ES, excuse me, ESPN a cease and desist, one of, one of its primary television partners, alleging that the network colluded with the other conferences in an attempt to destabilize the Big 12. What did I say? I told you guys, if... Texas and OU joined the SEC. The Big 12 was as good as dead because they really weren't even 12. They were only 10. This leaves them leaves them with eight teams in their conference. And what was going to happen? The SEC is now a power conference. Now they have 16 teams. And to be completely honest with you, outside of Clemson, Ohio State, USC, when they, when they want to be good, which is a problem for me lately, Notre Dame, Michigan, when they consider themselves good, and maybe those are probably the elite programs left in the country. 
the best talent in the nation resides in the SEC. LSU, Alabama, now Texas, Oklahoma, not Texas, but Oklahoma, Georgia, uh, Texas A&M, Florida. You're going to have a tough road going through the Southeastern Conference now that it extends into the Midwest when you start playing them in 2025 and 2026. There are no Saturdays off in SEC football. You didn't have any off before. You goddamn definitely don't have any off now. You're really going to be in trouble if you think you're going to march into College Station or Norman, Oklahoma, or who knows, maybe the Longhorns are back on track by the time they join the SEC. Austin, Texas, go into Death Valley and play LSU. Go into Bryant-Denny Stadium to play the Alabama Rolling Tide. Go into the Swamp to play the Florida Gators. You don't have any days off in the SEC. You didn't have any before. You goddamn sure don't have any now. Um, this thing with the Big 12 is crazy. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Again, the Big 12 alleged that the network colluded with the other conferences in an attempt to destabilize the Big 12. CBS Sports' Dennis Dodd reported that ESPN is involved in the American Athletic Conference's attempt to poach the eight remaining members of the Big 12. So the AAC is now trying to get stronger. If you think the Big 10 isn't looking at this saying, okay, they've got 16 teams now, and they've got the bulk of some of the best teams in the nation. We have to do something. You're out of your mind. Everybody's talking ACC. I'm sorry, AAC. I would be worried about the people up north. The Big Ten is where you're really going to have to start looking because they're going to have to expand as well to keep up. Um, this statement came from the uh, commissioner of the Big 12. I'm absolutely certain ESPN was involved in it with the American trying to poach our members. Big 12 commissioner Bob Bowsley uh, told CBS Sports, where the Big 12 goes from here is anybody's guess. But as of Thursday night, Oklahoma and Texas will not be a part of it. So going forward, this is it. We're down to, uh, what is it? We're going into the 2021-2022 season. This is it. We're only going to have, you know, four more years of uh, Texas and Oklahoma playing in the Big 12. So everything from here on out is just like playing on borrowed time. You know, it's like you win your conference championship. Doesn't matter, of course. It's another trophy to put in the trophy case, but we know this league is going to be defunct in about four years. I don't know who's going to want to join the Big 12, and I don't know if they can get four more big names because that's asking a lot. You lost Colorado. You lost Nebraska. You lost Mizzou. You lost Texas A&M, and now you've lost Texas and Oklahoma as well. They've lost their cachet. They went from the Big 8 to the Big 12 to remaining the Big 12 with only 10 charter members. And now you only have eight charter members. And again, as the commissioner said, they said that ESPN colluded with the American Athletic Conference. That's not that's just one conference. It's just going to, you know, the buzzards are going to start flying around now. What I mean by that is these other conferences, the Big 12 is dead and there's meat on the bones. Not much, but there's meat on the bones. And these other conferences are going to start to try to pick the meat off of those bones. If you if you thought the AAC was your biggest issue, you haven't seen anything yet when the ACC can come in and offer West Virginia something. Or, you know, uh, the Big Ten could come in and, and go after Iowa State because that gives them an in-state rival with the University of Iowa. When somebody could come in and go after Oklahoma State, right? kind of makes sense that the Big Ten may reach out to Iowa State as well as Oklahoma State. I mean, why the hell not? So this is just the beginning of this. Um, this is when you have shots fired and, and realignment, the first shots 
are always they're not warning shots. This is a big this is a fucking cannon cannon being fired. Make no mistake about it. The shots that come after this, those are the ones you really have to worry about because what's left of the Big 12, the, re- the remaining eight charter schools, look at the Pac-12, look at the Big 10, look at the AAC and the ACC, and let's see where they start to go next because, again, the buzzards are hovering around and there's still a little, a little bit of meat on those bones, and I guarantee you some of those other conferences are going to come in and try to pick that meat off the bones. Moving over to the NBA, I'm recording this uh, Wednesday, the, gosh, what, <laughs> Wednesday night. This is a day ahead of the NBA draft, so by the time you hear this, you'll be gearing up for the draft. Um, Russell Westbrook trade, Lakers nearing deal to acquire former MVP from Wizards. Per report, the Los Angeles Lakers are nearing a deal to acquire Russell Westbrook from the Washington Wizards, as first reported by the Athletics, Shams uh, Charania. Uh, the Lakers is discussing a deal that would send Kentavious Caldwell Pope, Kyle Kuzman, Montrez Harold to Washington for the former MVP. Uh, Woj of ESPN added the Lakers would also include their 2021 first round pick. Westbrook, Westbrook reportedly wants to trade, and the Lakers are his preferred destination. Russell Westbrook, of course, went to the University of uh, California, Los Angeles, the UCLA Bruins. Uh, thumbs down, hate the Bruins. Anyway, love Russell, Russell Westbrook, though. Um, earlier Thursday, Woj reported that Harrell would opt into his final year of his contract at $9.7 million. The Lakers needed a Harrell opt-in for salary purposes in the possible trade. Westbrook is set to make over $44 million next season, so every penny counts in getting up to his figure. He would also matter in a possible backup deal should this one fail to reach the finish line. The Lakers and Sacramento Kings were discussing a deal that would send Harrell and Kuzman to the Kings for sharpshooter Buddy Hield. The deal is not yet agreed upon, according to Woj, but there was momentum towards its ultimate competition before the Westbrook Westbrook news broke. Still, according to Shams, uh, Shams, Westbrook has become the Lakers' primary focus. When I went to bed last night, for all intents and purposes, my understanding was that Buddy Hilt was going to be a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, if you're asking me as a Laker fan, also a Bulls fan, but as a Laker fan, who would I prefer, Westbrook over Hilt? Um, I really like Buddy Hield. He's younger. He's kind of got upside. Russell Westbrook is a proven MVP, and we know he can get a bucket. Can he, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis coexist? Because there's only one ball. You have to feed Davis in the post because the offense has to go through him. He's got the younger legs. You can't teach seven foot, as they say. And you also can't teach seven foot to be as dynamic as Anthony Davis was. Before he hit his growth spurt, he handled. The, he played guard. He played point guard. He still can handle the ball like a guard. He can still shoot the three. He's only bigger now. So you have to primarily run things through Anthony Westbrook. LeBron has played primary, primarily a point forward for most of his career. For Russell Westbrook to be a part of your offense, he has to touch the ball. He's been kind of ball dominant in the past. A lot of people say that year that OKC was really close. Um, that first year they were young. I'll, I'll give them that. Westbrook, Harden, and Durant were really young when they played in that NBA Finals against the uh, the Heat. And then they dealt James Harden um, right before the season started the following season. So that threesome never got to really blossom. Um, threesome pause. Um then it just became Katie and Russ, and the Oklahoma City Thunder were up 3-1 on the Golden State Warriors, and they couldn't close it out. And a lot of people kind of looked at Russell Westbrook being too ball-dominant being the reason that they couldn't close things out. Um, You know, he got dealt to Houston. 
you know, they tried to reunite him with Harden. That didn't exactly work out. He got dealt to Washington. Um, he and Bradley Bill in the same backcourt, you know, that didn't exactly work out. So the Lakers are going to go all in. Now, remember, they, years ago, you know, um, before LeBron went to L.A., I think LeBron actually might have still been in Miami. The dream was for the Lakers to bring Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook home because they both went to UCLA and they're actually friends. And Westbrook has continued to get good. Kevin Love has actually, you know, regressed a bit. I hate to say it. I really like Kevin Love as a ball player and as a human being. I hear he's an awesome, awesome guy. But he has kind of regressed, I guess. Um, Now here you, (coughs) excuse me, I think that was about almost 10 years ago. It was like around 2012 we're looking like. So we're almost about 10 years from the time. Are we about five or six years too late for this trade to really matter? Um, I don't know. I will tell you this. If he stays healthy, Bron stays healthy, and AD stays healthy, the Lakers are one of the top favorites in the West next year. Simply because LeBron James, you can't teach anybody to be LeBron James. He has a ridiculously high basketball IQ. You can't teach anybody to be Anthony Davis. If they can get Russell Westbrook to buy into the program, I think they're actually going to be all right. I'm not going to lie. I think they're going to be all right. A lot of people have wanted Kuzma gone for quite a while. Um, When it was Kuzma and Lonzo and those guys, Kuz put up decent numbers. But the thing I have to remind somebody, even on a bad team, somebody has to score the points. When you put real talent around, LeBron was supposed to make Kuzma better. And if Bron can't make you a better basketball player, that's kind of an indictment on you as a player. And I think the Lakers have seen all that they need to see of Kyle Kuzma. And for Washington, I feel like it's a salary dump, to be completely honest with you. Bradley Bill has made it known that he wants out, and his preferred destination, if they're going to trade him, is to Boston so he can play with Jason Tatum. It's a St. Louis thing. It always will be, all right? That's how we roll. We always roll together, right? So Bradley Bill wants to be in Boston so he can link up with Jason Tatum. Um, Again, I hate the Celtics as a Laker fan, but as a St. Louis native – and a resident of St. Louis, Missouri, if those two team up in Boston, I'm going to watch the Celtics. I'm just going to. I'm never going to root for the Celtics over the Lakers and the Bulls. That's never going to happen. But I'm going to watch some Celtics games if they get Brad Bill and Jason Tatum. But, um, you know, here we are a day ahead of the draft. Uh, looks like the Lakers' first-round pick is in the deal as well. When you're picking outside of the lottery, there has to be a lot of value in the draft for you to not put your draft pick in a – in a possible trade and the Lakers clearly don't see any value where they're picking in the draft. And that's why that draft pick is available. Um, it just, obviously Damian Lillard really was not available. We don't know how much, you know, was true of that situation. So they probably gave up on that. And this was their backup plan. And for Russell Westbrook, he probably is a hundred percent behind this deal because Let's face it, this is probably his last chance to win a title. This is his last chance to win an, to win an NBA championship. Like, gone are the days where he was putting up, uh, you know, he probably could still average a triple-double a season. I don't, well, not with, no, not on that team. I don't think so. But he's still a really good point guard. And if you surround him with the right talent, I think that they actually could win. The window is getting really close. Uh, I'm 39, so Bron is like 36. Bron will be 37 coming up. So that window is getting kind of close. I got to be honest with you. AD has got to be at least 30 by now. So 
you know, that, that window is starting. Well, he's approaching 30. If he's, yeah, I, I think he's like 20, 28 or something like that. 28, 29. Anywhere from 28 to 30. So he's your youngest player. And fuck, Westbrook has got to be, he's younger than Bron, so he's in his early to mid 30s or something like that. So that window's kind of closing. This is clearly Russell Westbrook's last chance. He's going to have to make the best of this, and that's why it looks like the Lakers are going for this now. So this will be interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if we see, see some other moves. Um, I like to be very optimistic about what the Bulls are going to do. I just don't. I'm not. And uh, it looks like a lot of people are saying the best landing spot for Lonzo Ball would be with the Bulls. So we'll see what happens there. I just don't know if Lonzo coming there is enough to keep Zach Levine wanting to be uh, in Chicago. And what does that say for Colby White? You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of questions to be answered both in Chicago as well as Los Angeles. But um, for the Lakers, I kind of see this as a move to combat what the Clippers did when they added PG and Kawhi. And I don't know. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um, I, I got to be completely honest with you. Um, the NBA draft, again, by the time you guys hear this, the draft will be later tonight. And then when free agency opens, there's not a better offseason than the NBA. So strap in. It's going to get very, very interesting. But again, this was just an impromptu episode because of the situation with the uh, Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC and then the Westbrook trade as well. So I don't know. I'll be back next week with more information for you guys. As always, this is Derek Lamont Jackson. Be yourself. Um, peace out.